All right, welcome to another edition of My Checker, the show where we talk to people that's doing dope things. I got like real, real family on the line right now. This is like real, real family, yes, man. Yes. Like it's <laughs> like my godson's mother, y'all. Like, like yes, this is yes, like for yes. real. Like, I mean, I known her for real over 20 years. We was just yes. talking before we started. Yes. Um, uh, musician, writer, um, I mean, production. Uh, she won. I remember when you won the McDonald's Cafe. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, at the law. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go back on you. I told you I was going to go back on Let's you. Let's go. So Let's uh, go. the member of uh, one half of Black Love and she's dropping her own project. My family for real, for real family. Yes, Kristen Stimmage. Thank you for coming on Ms. my show. Chris, what's going on? <laughs> Man. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to be here. I've been um, following your journey with the podcast for a minute. And I just, I said, you know, we're going to have our moment. I said, yeah. we'll have our moment, you know. I said, um, but I just love, I love to see people from, from the city, like, especially like you said, that I've grown up with, people that I've watched grow and has watched me grow. I love seeing us evolve into our, callings into the things that we love to do i can tell this is your passion so i hey i'm just excited to be here yeah 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 Let, so let's start from the beginning people always okay about like yo like they doing this they doing that but everybody has their own story so yes. let, let's start what, what's your upbringing i mean i know you're the pride of hayes woodies oh um, my god <laughs> you know <laughs> i know that you well know. well the uh, quiet as it's kept i'm born and raised and I was I was born in Berkeley okay okay and my mom and my mom's side of the family is from Berkeley um when I came about we were living in Berkeley my family was living in Berkeley so we were there for a short period of time when I was born and then we moved to University City and that's kind of where I spent a nice chunk of my younger years childhood years um, like from the age of maybe like three or four to like eight or nine. And uh, my father's side is from UC. So um, a lot of people know me from the barbershop, Stimages Barbershop and stuff like that. So I was there in UC for a few years. And then that's when I moved out to like North County for real, like Florissant, Blackjack area. And that's when I moved out there. And um, I was pretty much planted there ever since. So um, my upbringing was kind of similar to a lot of artists, musicians upbringing, you know, musical upbringing, you know, like my dad side, my mom sang, my mom was a singer as well. Um, my dad, um, not that she's not still here, but was as a nest, you know, that's what she used to do when she was younger. My dad, he's a singer, you know, so it's in my blood, you know, my grand, my grandfather was a singer, toured with Marvin Gaye. Smokey Robinson, oh, wow. um, Frankie Lyman, um, I can't think his name, you know, your love keeps lifting me, him. Otis Redding? Not Otis Redding, uh, keep on lifting higher. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, it's, it's right here, but I can't think yeah, of I know. So, you know, he got to. Jackie, so, Jackie Wilson. Yes, yes. And it's so crazy because. On my dad's side, well, even my mom as well, everybody had their moment where they were like on the brink. Like they were like my my grandfather's group. Um, they were, you know, in the midst of being signed to a major situation. So they could, you know, basically the next, they were gonna be like the next 
temptations and you know that type of of lane and something happened with you know within the group that didn't work out my dad same thing he had like an earth wind and fire style band that he was in and something happened within the group my mom she had a a, a exec from Capitol Records want to sign her but my grandfather didn't want her to be a secular artist <laughs> so, so the story of most singers man and, and it was like of course, when you know those sto stories in the history, um, it's like you want to be the one to break out. You want to be the one to finally make it. So that was like always my thing. Like, I want to be the one. Like, everybody else is right there. I want to be the one to actually do it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, of course, church, you know. But what where I really realized I could sing was, it's so crazy. My aunt, who recently passed away last um, a couple years ago, her wedding reception, I was six years old. And that was back when uh, Whitney Houston's Greatest Love of All had just came and out. And everybody sang that and song. Listen, that was any any little singer, any little <laughs> songstress, that was your, listen, you were singing that every day, okay? Like that was your anthem of the day. So I was standing in the middle, I'll never forget, of her uh, reception dance floor. And I just belted out and started singing and everybody around me was like they just stopped and was like oh my god like are really like this little girl can sing and I think that was my first moment knowing like I can sing I, this is okay yeah this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life okay oh wow so, you knew then that's when you knew yeah like I think most singers know like at a young age this is what I want to do this is it this is it. Um, but you got that. I mean, I feel like God is in all of us. You have that feeling inside of you. You know, your gift is your gift. You know it. Um, you nurture it, how you nurture it. And it moves you the way it moves you. So that was just something that moved me throughout my childhood. And even, up to, of course, up until now, um, music has just been the movement for my life. Um, whatever was the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, you know, so yeah, I mean, my upbringing was a good upbringing, musical upbringing, and, you know, it led me to, um, of course, met my son's father, had my, my son, as we, who, as we were speaking about before we started, and um, honestly, my son's birth is what made me start writing more. Really? Um, yeah, and I think it's because before you have kids, and I'm sure you know this, before you have kids, just it's you. You know what I'm saying? You, you're focused on you, what you're doing, how you're doing it, the moves you're making. And then when you have a child, it's like, nah, this is about you. Mm -hmm. It should be. You know Some people don't let it be like that. It should be. Right. But for a lot of us. Yeah. And then you start to realize what love really is. Because you really think you know what love is when mm. you fall in love with your crush or whatever. But when you have a kid, oh, my God. And I tell them, like, you having you at a young age led me to my maturity and realizing what love really was at a young age. Wow. So I started writing about things that, even things I hadn't experienced yet, but the love that inside of me from having him made me understand it made me really take journeys through different stories and even things that were going on people around me I was able to start really writing about those things so him having him really helped me with songwriting and even being as good with songwriting as I am 
So, I mean, yeah, my, you, I mean, typical upbringing, music was it, music was everything. But I, again, to be totally honest, I really didn't start taking, taking it seriously until after having him. And then even after that, I don't think I started even saying to myself, like, look, you have to start taking, if this is what you really want to do, you have to start taking yourself seriously. And that wasn't until I was like in my mid-20s. Is, so, that, is that when you won the McDonald's uh, McCafe thing? Yeah. So what happened was I had been in the studio. I had been kind of like messing around in the studio already. Um, I was, I don't know if you remember this, you might, over there at the Palace. Um, D2 yeah, they had the studio. Palace. Yeah, D2 had a studio over there. Because D2 so had I one was, at Saints and one at the Palace. Yeah, and I and I had started recording this at the one at the, in Saints first. Then I, I moved over to the one at the Palace. And that's when I met um, my producer at that time, a guy named Big Al that I call Big Al affectionately. Um, and he introduced me to, you know, just recording, um, vocal arrangements, vocal developments, um, production, um, putting songs together. We collaborated with um, a guy that actually just passed away. Actually, found out he passed away today. A guy named L.S. Smith. Um, oh, man. Uh, other oh, producers, man. yeah, guy rest his soul. Other producers, um, and they were doing things in the in the city at the time. Um, um, I had at the time, of course, in working with them and being in their studios. Of course, I met Cornell. I met Nelly and Murphy and all yeah, of those that was people. in D2 the people that was D2 yeah yeah I was around all of them Murph Nelly um I was around um not I, I met Pretty Willie a, a couple times but I wasn't in the studio with him as much but like all of the other guys that were around and kind of hot at the time they were all there at those studios so I was the the hook girl right that's what I was I gonna say <laughs> So I would do the hooks. I would write the little hooks, you know, and um, even even Howard, um, well, Chingy would come through. And, you That's know, how we you don't say little people you know, know Chingy for real and they call him Howard. <laughs> yeah, I went to school with Howard. I, I went to school with him when he was shy and didn't talk to nobody and all of that. So, um, or I won't say shy, just real quiet. But, I mean, that's that's the environment I was in for a few years. And I was really kind of finding my lane of what I wanted to do. I had put out a song called Back Out with D2. Um, and it, it did decent, you know, it got, got a little bit of buzz going, but it still was like, okay, you need a record that's gonna like, you know, get the city to like know who you are, you know what I'm saying? So before that could even happen, I met um, Miqua Alvarez and I forget exactly how I met her. I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. But I want to say I just didn't meet her until I went to audition for the McDonald's Soul Search. The first time was 2007. That was the year Justin Hopkins, Hoskins won. And she shout was shout like... Shout out to Justin Hopkins. Hoskins yeah. Shout out to Justin. Dope, dope, dope. And, I, you know, I, you know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his band uh, is at B.B. King's. Absolutely. Dope performer. He has a band called The Movie. He's doing a lot of dope things right now. So I met him then, and then that's when I first auditioned. I didn't follow through with the process, so I didn't get to the end and everything. So she was like, you need to come back next year, and you need to audition. And I was like, eh, all right. I was working at Chrysler, working at Home Depot. I'm working and making my money. I'm not even tripping. But I went ahead and auditioned and saw the whole process through. 
I didn't really know what the prize was until we were like almost to the end. And then when I realized what the prize was, I was like, oh, I got to win this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to win. And at the time, I'm, you know, I'm real like homely, you know, like I, I wasn't, you know, just plain. I wasn't wearing makeup. I wasn't wearing into like fashion and gear and none of that. I just was me, you know, working girl, single mom, you know. So I show up and do my thing. I, the song I sang that night was Alita Adams, Get Here. And I did Ooh. it. I decided to do my song acapella. Everybody okay. else had music. And I just said, you know what? I mean, that I'm song lends itself to be an acapella song more because it really, the, the, the bass line behind it is very low undertone. Anyway. Yes, it's very low. But the thing about it was I initially wanted someone to play the piano or I was, this is how it happened. I was trying to find the instrumental. And I, at the time, you know, the internet just wasn't. Even understand that that struggle to find an instrumental. Yeah, like 2008, like you could find anything you want to now. But then, you know, it was a struggle finding an instrumental or just going online and boom, there you go. So I couldn't find the instrumental. So I just said, I got to the wire and I was like, I'm just going to sing acapella. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. I ate. And I sang acapella and I'll never forget the um they asked the judges at the time for my for that season it was kevin johnson with the post it was a guy named happy um nicknamed happy a and r with sony columbia and uh who else i think was it uh stacy static i forget who was the no you know it was stacy stacy static yep and i'll never forget the a and r with sony he said this is this is an example of how you perform, how you audition. And, and listen, I had never had someone of that level, like, give me that type of compliment ever. And, yeah. and you know, with, with music, this was my first audition for any type of competition. I never competed in any other, this was my very first competition, other than trying out that previous year. So just hearing him say that almost brought me to tears on stage. So I was like, Lord, if I don't win, that was enough for me to just feel like, okay, this is something I should be doing. Yeah, I should, I should continue. And, you know, went through the process, everybody, they ran, you know, and when he called my name, it was like, I just collapsed. I'll never, I'll never forget. I just dropped down. They had to like hold me up. My dad walked into the stage. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Cause it was just one of those moments. No matter what the end result or what all had came out of it, that moment was a solidifying moment for me. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I and, and, and what's so crazy is it's probably you, th you in your mind because when, when I won uh, my blogging award in LA, uh -huh. it was a thing about in my mind. I thought how I was gonna be when I get up there. I was also some never... Simmons stuff. Like, uh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, St. Louis. God bless. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there like 10 seconds, but in my mind, I was like, if I get up, I'm on script walk on them. <laughs> you get up there and you just so overwhelmed, like, yo, like. And you never know. You don't know what you're going to say, how you're going to feel. Because a part of you wants to believe you're going to win. And a part of you is like, I, it's a possibility I might not win. And so you don't want to get your hopes up mentally. Right. Like, so you just, like, I'm like, let me stay humble. Because I don't, you know, it was some other really, like, listen, it was some great singers up there that night some people that i still to this day we we follow each other on social media I, you know dope people and to actually win 
and I'm the one with no music, you know, up there looking like, you know, not looking bad, but just, you know, I'm not all glammed up like everybody else. I had on a nice dress, but I, you know, I just wasn't into all of that then. So um, to actually win, it was, it was an amazing feeling. And then to, to end up getting a, a single deal with Sony Columbia and then to get the opportunity to record a commercial for McDonald's and then to also get money to record like the first real product, you know, real music that I, you know, where you can go into a really big studio and get the sounds you want. Like that was crazy. That was, that was like. So where'd you do all that? And when you won, where did you go to go record the single and all that? So I went to Fat Buddha Studios because they're okay, the ones yeah, who I actually, Fat Buddha, yeah. yeah, they're the ones who actually lended the, um, the, the time, the, uh, prize, you know, the, the 5,000 in, in studio time. So I went and I recorded like six songs. That was my boy Chris Robinson, man. That was one of the people over there at Fat Booth. Man, you, uh, Mike, Brad, at the time, Nathan Hershey, who I got to shout out Nathan Hershey because Nathan is responsible. Him, Big Al as well, but Nathan really helped develop me vocally. Mm. Um, and he helped, like, I have a lot of people that have heard the my um, EP and like, you just, your record, your vocal arrangement and just how you, you know, and I'm like, I always give him his, his flowers. Like that's Nathan Hershey. It would be sessions. He would make me repeat a line 15 times. I'd be crying, ready to just cuss him out. And it was all for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So he had worked with the likes of Fantasia, Faith Evans, like different, you know, major artists. And he was teaching me how to record because he was like you got this amazing voice but you don't know how to you don't know what you're doing in there mm -hmm. um so i mean that was and then the music and, and how it turned out like Mikwa, who was the orchestrator of the the contest she was she came by to check up on me like i just want to see what you you know and i think it was crazy because a lot of people win competitions and win studio time and they go record their songs and then people are like mm, you're good live but when it's when it's like a song you want to play play it's, it's different not, application. you know and she walked in and we played some of the songs and she was blown away she was like girl you a real recording artist <laughs> she was like you got you you're a real recording artist. like you really this you do this and i was like she was like wait till this a and r hears this wait till they hear this this music just you just I I'm, I just she was like I want to be on a fly on the wall when he hears it so it was just the journey that whole journey was just it was great I mean it was something that a lot of singers who really do this and are really good at this may not get to have that experience so I took that and I was like I'm just going to be grateful for even having the access and being able to do that and even even see my name next to a, you know, Sony Columbia stamp and just, you know, and, and again, to get the reaction that I got when we released the single um, and we followed it up with a song that I did with Murphy Lee called That Fire. And um, that song kind of really took off regionally and really did well. It did well down south as well. Got some really heavy radio play. Um, I got to perform at, uh, was it Super Jam, Summer Jam? Summer Jam, yep. Um, yeah, my first like big audience, you know, 20,000 people. Like it was just an amazing ride. Like I listen. 
How was that jumping in front of 20,000 people, though? You know, I just told you about how I was in front of a a thousand people and I went up there and just uh, said 10 seconds of thing just to get off that stage. Listen, but I bet you any money, you were way more comfortable in front of that thousand people than I could ever have been in front of those people. Like, I'm going to tell you, my first show, like after everything, and we were in the process of just really promote, like, we were up here with just the demand and the promoting and the shows you know I had um that was like the most shows at one time I had done in my career as far as like like I'm talking about I opened up for some people that I just like I admired in a major way I'm talking about like PJ Morton, Avant, Mike Jennings I had opened up for like Jennings and I was just like am I really here right now doing (laughs) this like are we serious right now? You know, because at that time he was like hot. He was at the, like the yeah. Because this is around uh, is this around uh when he was the not the song SCX right? There was there was, was the other the, uh, the uh, nine out of ten. Uh, what was that song where he was this like uh, two thousand? I'm gonna tell you the year was two thousand and nine. Yeah, that was, that was the one where he had like nine out of ten men. I think that was it. Uh, I forgot the name of that song. Because uh, he didn't come excuses, out with excuses. It was something like that. Questions, excuses. I, I can't think right now. And he was like another 110 a gay. And it was like, (laughs) you know, everybody knows the song I'm talking about, though. (laughs) I just can't think of the title. But I know you're right because he didn't come out with the SCX until I think like the year, like a year or so later. Oh, no. SCX is before that. Oh, was it? SCX is like on his second album. Because remember that girl that was in, on there with him got killed. Got like, killed. Like in 06, 05, 06. Was that that long ago? Yeah, man. And it's crazy is uh, oh one of my homeboys from college, that's the dude that she got killed with, Kool-Aid. That's his cousin. Wow. That's how I remember when that happened because we was just out of college. I was so, and you know, since we're on that, when that happened, that was me. That was a lesson for me. That happening to her made me so much more careful and it's still unsolved going it is that made me so careful going into studios because you really the way a lot of studios are set up you're really a sitting duck jam master (laughs) j yeah you're really a sitting duck and i mean to the point where i started carrying my weapon with me now You didn't brought the strap up in the studio. You were in there in an R&B session with incense and everything and and a strap. (laughs) Listen, because a lot of times, every now and then, one of my producers will be with me. But most of the time, listen, I'm by myself. It's just me and and the engineer. And those guys ain't strapped. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, sitting there just doing it. All the stereotypical looks a white guy with long hair. And uh, although these are, these are white guys I've known for 15 years, like, Rob, but they ain't got no straps. This ain't, ain't death row, you know. And if he is, he ain't, he just didn't let me know, right? But I'm, but I let him know, like, hey, I'm strapped for the both of us, just so you know, we good, we good, we good. And look, listen, you know, my son's father, so you know, it was, a, but you, it, know, you know, I grew it, up with your son's father, you, you know, it's inevitable that I was gonna be, you know, that Out the JR, listen. He made me shoot a gun one time, I, and I was, I'm damn near wanted to cry. You know I mean, what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's one of my best friends, man. I know how you get listen, down. 
And my son, you know, he could tell you about every kind of gun, style of gun, the type of bullet to take, what, how it shoots, the, the color. The, I, he could tell you everything. So, you know, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's crazy. But long story short, you know, at the end of the day, going into those studios, you just got to be careful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you, you, as a woman, you have to be careful because it's a lot of in and out, you know, and you know, it's of course, this is what we love to do, but Hey, you want to, why is it like that though? I mean, in your opinion, why is it so like, why is the studio always some more? I mean, like I'm going to get them at it's like, it's so many stories of like people getting got at the studio because of the structure of most studios like the for example let's just use fat buddha for example mm -hmm. the door is always open you know what i'm saying and again they have a secured gate so you're not they're not just any anyone can't just drive in and out so let's get that straight but you know you just want to know you always hear that door opening and closing and you're in another separate room with a closed door then you're in a booth with a closed door. Mm. So you don't know what's going on <clears throat> outside of you. You know what I'm saying? So you're in there, you know, you recording, doing your thing. And if somebody at the time just so happens knows you're there, that's the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Because you know you, know, you say you travel, like, where are you going to go? You in the booth. Right. Where are you going to go? But my thing is, you come up in here. Hold on, so you in the booth with the strap. Like, listen, <laughs> you got it on the table. With my strap at all times. I love you. <laughs> with my strap at all times. Don't let the honeydew fool you. Don't let oh, the, like the spice one ride with my strap on the side of me. <laughs> listen, don't let the black butterfly, don't let none of that fool you. <laughs> listen, it's not a game. It's not a game. But just to jump back on where yeah. we were initially, that was the time when, like you said, when Life Jennings was at the peak and I had done, like, at the time I was doing, like, the most, like, I hadn't, man, I was doing so many shows and so much stuff. And even leading up to that show in front of all those people, I had rehearsed and uh, the Traffic Music Awards was like the biggest show before man, me. Man, rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to my brother, man. I'm listen. He was so he was one of the DJs, one of the people that were just so humble. And so him and of course DJ Cuddy, shout out to him. Actually, Cuddy produced th that fire, the song I did with Murphy. Yeah. He produced Cuddy that produced record. the uh the uh, uh the intro for uh just posted one the podcast on the network. Okay, okay. Another dope brother, but like mm -hmm. literally those two held me down. And I, DJ Snow. Yeah, DJ. DJ Snow is one of them stories that people don't know about, I think, the most. They need to know because he's yeah. he's a legend in St. Louis, seriously. So they held me down. They kind of like, I'm, I'll never forget performing at the Traffic Musical, Music Awards. We had I had a whole dance routine. I had my first time performing with dancers. And I mean, Cuddy was like, I was literally in heels dancing, okay? My mom and them, my mom, my aunt, rest her soul, who, who's, uh, who I told you, the, her wedding reception is where I discovered my voice. They all came out to support me, and that's their first time seeing me perform. And I was so nervous, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting ready to be up here dancing and singing 
when I tell you a girl got up there, danced, sang, belted out that long note at the end of that song, <laughs> Cuddy stood up. He was like, he, <laughs> I, I don't know if he was even, I think he was on the tables. I don't even think he's, I think he was either on the tables or in the front row. I can't remember, but they hyped me up so much. It was the dopest feeling in the, where, in the world. And I remember getting off the stage and my, the guys, D2, I was signed to mm. them. And I remember uh, Dave, not Darren, Dave was like, are you ready for the big show, for the bigger show? Are you ready for something like that? And I was like, all hyped up, like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) And when they told me how many people sit in that crowd, oh my God, listen, the anxiety was real. Like the, the man, the nerd, I I said, 20,000 people, are you serious? And they was like, yeah, get put, get it while you can get it. Let's go. But it was a great experience. I mean, it was just any, any artist, any singer, any, any singer, I don't care if you sing, rap, everybody, anyone that has gotten to experience that and a crowd that's enjoying you and clapping and applauding and singing with you, like, there's the no time in the world I've heard. Listen, there is no I don't think there's a greater high, seriously. And I get why it can be so addictive mm. because you're doing something you love to do, right? And then you get to do it in front of a crowd of 20,000 people or 100,000 people, however many people, like, and they're they're reciprocating. Like, they're, you know, they're into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, even in your world and doing, you know, being a podcaster and, and doing that, like, imagine the, the day you become syndicated and you got millions of people, the hundreds of thousands of people tuning into you every every week or what, however often. Like, that feeling is something that can't, will never be replaced aside of the love of your, your kids, your family, you know, that's a feeling you just can't, you can't shake it. So, and that's, <clears throat> go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say. Hence why I always call music like that X that won't go away. Mm. Because I break up with music a lot. <laughs> but then, then I'm like, all right, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> come again. on back home. Come on back. You know, because you have moments as an artist, whatever your art is, you know, comedy, music, whatever. You have your moments, it was like, oh, this see, this is just not. And then you, it's, all it takes is that one thing, that one melody or that one whatever it is to spark it again, you know? Whether you took a month break or a year break, you're going to always come back to what you love. So so did you think like, man, I got this single deal. Next thing I'm on 106 in part uh, talking. To, and then like, what, like I know people think like it's you, you don't make it when you think you make it. It's yeah. stepping stones to it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean... Especially when you got a team of people around you, like, hey, this is what we're gonna do next. We're gonna do next. And I mean, you know, I had, you know, I had had the label meetings with Universal and these, you know, I had had the major people like, all right, this is what we can do with her. This is what we're gonna do with her. But then, you know, the downside to that is at the time, because we're talking about back in 2011 and 10, 2010, 11, 12, where you still had to fit a cookie cutter size you Mm -hmm. still had to have the long you know they were looking for the mary j's and the beyonce's and you know 
they were looking and I keep telling people like Fantasia and them, they got in because of that American Idol. Right, because like, that was the, the public already got them right, so hard. The public already decided. It wasn't an exec that they went to to judge them and tell them like the public decided. For us that weren't getting the public's decision and it was the decision of the major people who were cu cutting the checks, they were the ones like, look, I'll never forget, you know, they sitting me down like, look, you know, they want you to lose like 15, 20 pounds. They want you to, you know, and I was a little bit bigger than, you know, a little, a little bit, not a lot bigger, but a little bit bigger. Um, but I still, even in, even in losing the weight and even, you know, it was just certain things they wanted and they felt like she needs to change her hair. She needs to do this or she needs to sing this type of music, that type of music to for us to feel like it's going to work or we need to see this, see that. And it just was like now, I always tell my son, like, if my, if that happened now, if what that time period we're talking about mm -hmm. was now, uh, out of here. Out of here. Out of here. But that's because to me, the internet forced us to be a little less judgmental in the sense of Look at all the artists and how diverse artists are. And like, yeah. I'm talking about different For the good sides. and for the bad. <laughs> yeah, different. No, and, and it, now listen, we, me and you both, we could talk a whole hour about what's bad about the internet. But the good part about it is that Geppetto puppeteering, everything, the internet gave access to all those people that were being told no. And see, I'm getting old. I almost think we need gatekeepers again. <laughs> well, now listen. Or a stander, somebody that's like, yo, like, everybody, all the littles can't get in. Like, we listen, can't and I'm with you. I had this conversation the other day. We do need gatekeepers in the sense of everybody just can't get in now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not here to judge who's talented. Right, not right. Talented, but there should be a standard. There should be a standard. But I do agree with artists having the freedom to put themselves out because imagine how stifling that would be for all of the dope artists who don't who don't have access to leave their you got the whole the people in the whole bunk towns who get discovered who yeah. would never get discovered if they didn't have the internet. Yeah. They don't have the money to go travel to LA, travel to Atlanta, travel to, to New York to get it sit in front of you know, and that was another thing with us, like. We were working with a budget, like we couldn't be everywhere at once. We didn't have, you know, we had offers for, to do things, but you know, to, to be exposed to certain things, but that took money, that took energy, that took, you know. So I think the good part about it that I do like, aside of like you said, those who get in that, like what you what what you doing, what yeah. what you, you know, but those people who wouldn't have otherwise been discovered if it was not for the internet and for their dopeness being able to be exposed in a way that it wouldn't otherwise have been exposed. I'm I'm all for that. And that's why I say if it had been somewhat this way then, out of here. Mm. But I'm not mad at it though, because your journey is your journey. Yeah. It's your journey. Yeah. And who knows the things that I didn't end up getting exposed to were protected from, the things that I wouldn't have been able to be a part of if I had went, if my journey went another way, i.e., you know, Black love, i.e., what I'm doing now, 
i.e. just some of the amazing things that I've been able to do along the way. Like, I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm saying? But I, but uh, like, again, to what you said, yeah, we all thought like, oh yeah, 106 Park, <laughs> we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then, of course, you know, you get the bumps in the road with the label, you get the bumps in the road with the, with the um, financials, you get the bumps in the road with, you know, we want her to sing this, but we want her to sing that. And I mean, you know, even down to the song selections, the songs that we decided to push with radio, like we were bumping heads on some things, you know, because we mm. I had music that was guaranteed like this is takeoff music. This is the music that's going to catapult her to the next level. But then again, they wanted to put out music that catered to a certain demographic or catered to a certain market. And when you're trying to be discovered at that time, you got to put out the banger that's going to expose you to markets outside of where you are and then you if, if your hometown ain't necessarily checking for you just yet they will eventually you just sometimes have to double back and that's a lot of artist stories i mean think about obama home. he had to win oh, in yeah. iowa first of one but black people was like man i don't know about this black dude oh yeah he went off one of iowa not everybody down like we all we've been here baby absolutely <laughs> but i gotta shout out st louis because even then st louis showed a lot of love like St. Louis showed a lot of love. And I mean, really for a solid year, I couldn't go anywhere without hearing my song on the radio. I had, you know, I would be out, people would recognize me from a show or from just seeing my little CD somewhere. Um, I mean, it was an amazing feeling. And St. Louis, even to this day, I've always gotten love um, from my genuine, from my talent and for, and respect for that. And I, I can't say anything less. Um, I think just the, the thing about it is we often as artists, we're, we're so concerned with acceptance that we kind of limit ourselves. And I think at this stage in my life, I've learned that it's okay if I grow a fan base in the UK and then it comes to start to trickle back to my hometown and my home states. I'm cool with it going that way opposed to then it was like, oh, I want to make it here first. I yeah. want, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's different now, so. So let's talk about Black Love. How did that come about? Uh, shout out to my man, Joe Richardson, man. Uh, man, yes, yes. So, so the story began with my homeboy, Rashad Whitt Whittier. Yeah, known he, as Shad, he's on the network, Shad, Shadzilla. Known as Shad, Shadzilla, Shad to most. Um, Shadism, he goes by so many different names. Man, Shad... <laughs> Shadism, Rashad, Rawisms, whatever, <laughs> you know. But I met Rashad in 2012. Um, shout out to Rashad. Um, I met him in 2012. This was like really, and I don't know if he really knows this. This was like a year right after everything had kind of really slowed down with the Miss Chris, with everything I was doing. Um, I had been corporate America for about a solid year and a half went back to work um and i met rashad we were facebook friends but we didn't officially meet until 2012 and i forget exactly what happened but me and him connected on the music um initially i mean immediately like i didn't i didn't know he wrote i didn't know that he was even like into music like that yeah so we hit it off with the music and I mean, met up, had some vibe sessions. We would sit on the phone and literally like just vibe to instrumentals. Like I would wow. I would write 
to an instrumental, something, you know, not nothing original, something that I would pull off the internet. At that time, that's when, like, it started, internet started wrapping up. Get them instrumentals. <laughs> so, we, we started there, and then we kind of lost touch for maybe about, mm, I want to say, like, about a year. So then 2014 rolls around. I released my single, um, I'm Over It. So, um, shoot a video for that, release a single. I actually released a mixtape. It was called Miss Krista Mixtape. And that's back when that piff was like, I, yes. I don't know the latest on that piff, on that piff now, but that's back when like mixtapes on that piff was like really big. Like that was like a big thing. It was before SoundCloud kicked off. Yeah, it was before, exactly. Right before SoundCloud became like the thing. So um, that actually did really well. And I got like a little nice little buzz from that. Um, just to kind of let people know I'm still doing music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, you know, I'm still doing it. And um, then that's when we, I recorded a whole, literally I had went into the studio after that and recorded like maybe 30 songs and we released I'm Over It. And Rashad came back around and was like, what's good? Like, you know, I see you still do doing your thing, you know? My dad ended up having what slowed that movement down right at that point with I'm Over It. Because I'm Over It actually started doing really well. And I was getting like, it was like ramping up, kind of scary ramping up. Like, mm. oh, wait a minute. Like, that's when stuff started going viral. Like, 2014, yeah. yep. 15 is when like the viral thing started to really happen. So it was like ramping up really fast. And I kind of was like, whoa, what's happening? And then right when that was happening, my dad had a stroke. Oh. Yeah. So my dad had a stroke and like everybody knows I'm, you know, what you the quote unquote daddy's girl. And <laughs> that kind of like ruined the whole momentum. It just ruined the whole energy around what I was doing. Like I just shut completely off to the world, like down. So I was down from that for about a year and a half. Cause I mean, he went into the hospital. He was in the hospital for a couple months went into rehab. He was in, you know, re rehabilitation for about six months. So I was just focused on that and just working. So again, here comes Rashad. <laughs> like, what's good? What's going on? You know, you awfully quiet. What's, what's up? Like, what's cracking? Let's, 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 let's right, like, like Negro, you too dope to be, you know, I had posted a video of, um, me doing a freestyle to um man come on chris my brain just has not been working um what's his name dope dope producer he died he had um lupus you know who i'm talking about oh static uh static major no dope producer he had um kind oh, of jay dilla jay dilla jay dilla yeah yeah i had posted an instrumental uh video of myself like just freestyling over that and that's when he tagged DJ Reminisce, he tagged Joe, and I forget, somebody else. And that's when I kind of even started, even got introduced to who they even were. I was like, yo, those are the hip hop heads. When they heard you over Jay Dilla, I already knew. Yeah, yeah. So you know that, and you know that just, you know, that's, Rashad was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold like up. Like I said, fast forward, dad had a stroke. I was out for a minute. Rashad came back around like, look, I want you to come with me. I want you to meet me. You know, I want us to, I want you to vibe, basically meet us to just vibe. Okay. Let's just all meet up to just vibe. So 
just so you know, Black love is a is a collective. So it's not yeah. really like okay, I mean, I know me. that, but you, you yeah. just played at the beat. I know, and I know you know that. Yeah. But it's not really just me and Joe. It's like a group of us. As we and you have James Dougherty. So who came who came on the second project? So um we all meet up James minus James and when I say listen the vibe I know you had those moments where you you link up with a group of people and the energy the synergy the chemistry is just like it's just like whoa what's happening yeah. what, what is this you know what I'm saying and I'll be honest I had that I won't call it stuck up, but I had that whole vibe like, all right, I'm a solo artist, you know. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I had a deal with capital on the table. You know? <laughs> not that, not that type of vibe, but like I don't do stuff with people. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't do the group thing. I don't do, you know, not not I was hum- on the humble always, but just still like I don't do this whole like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? You want me to sing with him and you want us to do what do you want me to do? But the energy was so good, like with Joe. And then hearing our voices together, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh shit. This is something. This is something. So literally, we sat there and like I was like, we were talking about what we were singing about and like what the what the whole basis would be about. And of course, you know, I'm just like, you know, we are like black love, you know. And I said that, I'm like, that's our name. We literally should call ourselves Black Love. And Rashad was like, damn, he was like, that's it. (laughs) That's it, we Black Love. That's it, we Black Love, like Black Love. And I think it was Rashad who decided to spell it the way that he spelled it mm-hmm. instead of the traditional you know b-l-a-c-k-l-o-b he decided like we gotta do we gotta spell it differently you know what i'm saying um <laughs> and, and he's he, doing it and he's smart with seo too if you want to search man, things like dang black love is like hard to find it right, you spell right. that and another he, way he, that way absolutely and then he's done <laughs> with the whole graphic thing so he came up with like the the the, the whole logo and just how it would look and i mean from there it was like it was just up from there, man. And it was, it was so, what I love about the Black Love movement is that it was organic. Mm. It was my first time being a part of something that wasn't being forced. And when I say forced, like, we weren't trying to, like, attack radio and we just weren't trying to, like, do these calculated things. Like, it was just us doing us doing great music and what happens is happening. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean... I didn't even know that DJ Reminis was like a producer like he was. Like to yeah, hear Rim is a good listen, producer. When he was playing those instrumentals, it was like, what the what? What? 
like I'm talking about straight up, like no joke, serious, serious. Oh, you I know, know, I, know. Dope, you know you, I know. <laughs> I know you know, but I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it was serious on the turntables, you know what I'm saying? Because I had yeah. already been seeing him at different stuff, events and new, you know, but his production, and then you you add that, you add Kellen Goodwin, we call him Teddy Vandross. <laughs> um, his production added with that, and then me and Joe on the beat, Rashad, me and Rashad on the lyrics. It was like, and you'll hear me at the end of Honeydew, you'll say Miss Chris and Rashad on the lyrics, Teddy Vandross on the mm -hmm. beat. Like, that is like, that's just how it all started. And it's just, it was just crazy, man. It's still the energy and and chemistry that we have. It's like magic, uh, it's magic in a bottle. Um, and the love that we get overseas. Oh yeah, the R&B on overseas like, is big, man. It's crazy, man. And I knew you, the UK, and I knew that they love soul music. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew that. But just to, the love that they just gave out the gate. And, of course, I mean, we get love from our city, and we get love from surrounding places. But, man, that UK, man, that UK <laughs> love, that Japan love, that love from overseas is something. It's a different beast, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm I'm just blessed. I I, I'm, I always say God has always put me in the right circles. You know, yeah. I don't know what it is. He's always put me around like minds, and you know, like it's some. It's just crazy, and to, and and to be in a group of guys, you know, or with a group of guys who all have a a talent and knack for multiple things. Like you know, again, Rashad is a writer. He's a graphic designer. He you know, of course, he's dope with the parties. You know, rim production, um, spinning, dope with the parties, dope with the, you know, behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Joe, same thing, photographer, singer. Yeah. You know, he writes as well, Kellen production. You know, he handles all of the business and all of the stuff. Like, you know, and then, like I said, James came along second, you know, on the second project. Dope, 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 dope producer. Um, so, you know, and I, of course, I write, you know, and, and sing. And it's just like, you put all that together, like, man. What's what song? What song hit you the most on the uh the, the uh between the two Black Love albums? Like, what's one's like, yo, like this one? Why would you ask me that? Why? Why wouldn't? I mean, it's an interview, is it not? Like, I mean, <clears throat> no, in a good way. I yeah. I, I, ain't mad I know. At you. <laughs> that is a hard question, man. Um. If I just have to choose a song that hits me the hardest, because there's so many songs that I'm in love with. But when we talk about hits me, let, let's yeah. talk about the song that emotionally hits me the most. Right, the let, one that, just, one that you feel the most. The song Love. Okay. With Lamar Harris on the horns. Shout out to Lamar Harris. Shout out to Lamar, man. Shout out to my bro, Lamar Harris. That's another guy that's Man, very, very underrated. Showed me mad love. Matter of fact, I'm looking for him when we get out here. I, I did a play with him a couple years ago. Amazing play. Um, love hits me because what I wrote on love, I wrote about John. I wrote about my son. And people would listen to that and think I might be talking about a love interest or something. But, you know, I start off the verse when you 
you know, when I look up at the stars above, I know there's a God. When I think about how you love, I know there's a God. You mm. reciprocated. You reciprocated all the love I gave, and I appreciate it. You don't even know you saved me. The spiritual connection, baby, I recognize as deep as a melanated complexion. I see the universe in your eyes. And whoo, Lord, I'm getting emotional just saying those words back. <laughs> I wrote that about John because that's my best friend. Like my son is my best friend. You know, even though I had him, I got pregnant with him in 19, had him at 20. We're very close in age. I mean, 20 years is not a long time, not a, a huge age gap between a, a parent and a child. And I, a lot of those years, I was growing up too, raising him. And man, I told him the other day, I said, who knows what, what mess I would have been <laughs> <laughs> involved in. I know I probably would have still been singing and stuff, but I know that God's plan for my life, that was, a, that was, of course, a huge foundational thing for me. Um, and yeah, like our connection, um, he's watched me grow. I think if anyone could talk about my growth as a person and as an artist, as a businesswoman, my son, nobody but my son could really, really talk to you about what that looks like. Mm. So that's why that song hits. Um, and Joe actually wrote his verse on there. He wrote that, of course, about his wife. And I think it, that song probably resonates deep for both of us because we both were writing about people that we love deeply, you know? So, um, yeah, that I would have to say love. And because of that reason, love hits the, the hardest, the most. All right. So you got the new project that's in drop. What's, so how, what's the, uh, break this down for me. Because is it already dropped or is it dropped? When is it dropped? Yeah, no, the project dropped on the 14th. 14th. So the pro- yes, the project dropped on Thursday the 14th. So we're so November four days 14th? in. Huh? It already passed or November 14th? Yeah, October 14th. October okay, 14th. so it just, okay, bet. Yeah, October 14th. I'll have it in there for everybody to link to it. Yeah, and I, um, I'm just, um, I'm just blown away. Like, I, like I said, St. Louis has always shown love. So let me, let me not even get it <laughs> twisted. But when I talk, when I say the love is real, like, blessed. The love is real, man. Like, literally, almost approaching a thousand streams just on Spotify alone with the project in only four days. And, you know, as any artist, we stream our own stuff. But I ain't even had a chance. I've been so busy. I ain't even had a chance to stream my own project. I, of course, bought my project on iTunes. But I can't even take responsibility for any of it. Like, I just had to be like, oh, my God, thank you. Because when you release, like, with Black Love, it's different because it's a group of us. It's different when you got that solo project. Yeah, with your solo stuff, it's like, oh, it's just me. So if people think it's whack, guess what? It's on you. (laughs) It's on me. And I woke up that morning and... At five o'clock in the morning, I had already had a message from somebody because we promoted, you know, of course you promote prior to and mm-hmm. letting everybody know what's going on. And I think that was why, I mean, even you you saw, I forget. Yeah, yeah, I saw and I was like, oh, she's saw the promotion and you hit me up. And I mean, 
five o'clock that morning, somebody had already, you know, downloaded it and sent me a message like, oh my God, I can't wait till you actually put put a, your band together and perform this live. Like, like mm. I can't wait. And just waking up to that, I was like, all right, universe, I see what kind of day it's about to be. And by 10 o'clock, I had so many people hitting me up, sharing it. I mean, between the social platforms and just looking at the numbers and it was like, I can't believe this, you know? <laughs> um, but again, all, all praises, you know, do. I, I'm just I'm just glad that people are actually genuinely enjoying the project and genuinely think like, okay, this- this is sonically pleasing like you did a good job you put this together um and i'm talking about people that whose ear i really respect you know what i'm saying like people who's who i know they got that ear they know what sounds good and what doesn't you know people who have been in the game for some years worked with uh, you know some heavy hitters and they like they like man you did that like this is like what's next what you about to do with this like what's what's going on you know so I'm just I'm I listen October 14th to now don't owe me nothing. <laughs> it don't owe me nothing. I'm telling you, I'm just excited to get to the next stage of um you know getting like like you know the guy said that I was talking about initially that day getting the the band solidified. Um, I already have some people that are ready to you know put some things together, get the show together, so we can do some live sets. Um, I want to do a live performance. Um. Uh, I want to do a, a live stream and then do some live shows. Um, I want to collaborate with some some artists in the city. Um, yeah. Shout out, shout out Tiffany L. Shout out Justin. Um, definitely looking forward to collaborating with some people. Um, you know, of course, collaborating with my own group, Black Love, um, doing some shows, performing the you know our records collectively and and some stuff from the project. So. I'm just, I'm excited. Where can people get the project while we even say, like, you know, where can they get it? The project is available on all platforms, all platforms. So you can stream it on Spotify, download it, stream it on iTunes, download it. Everywhere that you can stream and download, it's available. And it's going to be in the show notes, too, so everybody can jump down the show notes. And I was going to say, actually, if you go to uh, ms.kiss music, and you go to my bio, the link to all the different platforms where you can download and listen is there. So yeah, and then you, uh, like you said, you have the link as well um, that they can just click on and they can go any to any of those hyperlinks and they can download or stream the album, stream the EP. So it's a, it's a five song EP. And, um, you know, I recorded a lot of music and I said, you know, I'm just going to put the five songs out um kind of test the waters get myself you know 
out there independently, you know, as a, as a, you know, solo on a solo tip and just see how people feel about the music. Um, because this is my first time, like other outside of black love doing a straight up where it's just soul music, what I consider soul music. Mm. It's not like, I don't consider it like urban AC or like alternative R&B or like I consider it soul, um, in that soul lane. So, um, so what song do you like the see- most off this project? Um, oh my goodness. I mean, I know they are your babies, but if somebody's like, yeah. man, I, I'm my, if they wanted to jump right into the project to get everything and like to get into the album and to the project, what would you like? You jump in here, you'd be hooked on what I got the rest of everything else. I think that Honeydew to me you asked for one song, so I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay, so one song, Love and Devotion. Love and Devotion, love and okay. Love and Devotion. And I say Love and Devotion because it's the song where really anybody, anybody's going to be like, yeah, I feel that. I've even, I, I either felt that or I feel that now. Um, and it's just a song basically, you know, how you can just get lost in love with somebody and basically just what it, the word just what the title says your love and devotion to a person and just how deep you are how deep a love can actually be <laughs> yeah. so to speak you know how you can get lost in love so um love and devotion is my favorite um but i just gotta throw this in there honeydew yeah. to me is that sweet spot for a lot of people um and i've actually kind of gauged things and i see honeydew is like number one for a lot of people and then love and devotion is second and i think honeydew is just such a vibe it's a sexy like vibe and then but i I think overall the project just kind of speaks to you know love and the the the, you know the sexy lovey-dovey part of love and then you know we touch on the seriousness of love you know how deep it can be and then the complexities the complexities of love as well with the um way the ep ends with the song summertime so um i like my writing on summertime though i like the wordplay and just you know i think anybody who's a songwriter is going to listen to summertime and be like okay i like what she did with that um but yeah i mean the ep in itself was just my test in the waters. I just want to see what people feel about my sound and the music and just the the vibe and you know just kind of get a, a, a gauge of what people would think. So I'm I can't complain. I'm happy with the reaction. I'm happy with the response. We, you gonna do a video for Honeydew or what? Yes. So I had kind of released like a trailer for Honeydew. Yeah, yeah, I know um, that, but I'm talking about a full on video. We yeah, no, no, yeah, a full Honeydew video is coming. It's coming very soon. Very I'm just very saying, soon. You know. I know you know what and it's crazy like I had some I had two people message me over the last couple of days like so when am I gonna get a laugh when are you gonna perform and when when is your video dropping <laughs> and I'm like people have to understand I had posted a video on my IG about this I have the nerve to be a little bit shy just a little stop bit stop it stop it stop it stop it we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. No. Listen, it's so listen, my grown ass. Listen, I'm telling you. I had to come to terms with it. And I think coming to terms with it is helping me like blossom out of it. Okay. 
Because what you want as a good (laughs) as an artist, you you want to you don't want to just feel forced to do something, no matter if you're good at it or not. You want to just feel the urgency to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like you want the feeling to do it to be urgent to you. And you want and to me, when it's like that, you do you put your best foot forward whether it's performing live, whatever it is you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of that just comes with just, you know, I don't, I feel like I I will say this. I'm real with myself and I'm like, you have to hone in on your craft. You have to be obsessed with it. Stacey Barth, very prominent songwriter in the game. Okay, you know I know Stacey Barth. You know, I'm I'm an R&B head, so. Absolutely. Stacey Barth posted a video to her IG some while some time ago and she says you know one thing about me since I was little I've been obsessed with music it was it's, she was basically like basically it needs to be an obsession and you got to also stop thinking about music or what you do from the perspective of or is it going to be acceptable is it going to be what people want do what is pleasing to you and a lot of times it's going to be a lot of people out there that actually enjoy it. Don't worry about those that are not going to enjoy it or may, it may not be their thing. Where You're doing this for yourself first mm-hmm. and for the people that are going to, you know, gravitate to it. So once I kind of started seeing it that way, because I'm telling you, once we, once we released the Project Thursday and it was just out there, all of that anxiety and nervousness just left my body. Because I'm telling you, the night before, I was up to like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, ooh. I was like, oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Are they going to like it? Oh, I'm Lord. just saying you got to do the music video because I have a character I want to play. I want to play the oh. same character from Purple Rain, Billy, the club owner. They just be popping up on people in music videos. That's just, I have this whole idea is be popping up with like a blow pop. Like, oh, so that's what we doing, huh? <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna look just like him. I'm gonna give me a little fat suit too and I'm just down, pop up. <laughs> I'm down, I'm down for the cause. Rashad was I was, I was telling Rashad like dude, I was gonna pop up on black love videos and stuff Listen, be like this. So this is what y'all doing, huh? This black let's love. Let's go. Let, and he wanted to pop into the interview too. It, I, I hate that he listened because we had you know our schedule yeah. and stuff, but Listen, I mean, you, I, you sure y'all want to market towards black just black love? You know, it's what about listen. white people? White love too. And what, I mean, I kind of got a mocha covered wife. So a, I, what a are we supposed to do? Drizzle love. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? You know, Look, I can't put on black love. love. I eat a song on a, on an EP. I'm She's telling halfway you, like, look white. All right, she look white almost. I can't play black love with her. All right, you know, I can't play black love. So I can't sign this. Story. I can't sign this to the lady. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how messed up that is. So. A good friend of mine, I call him a good friend because we've been on, we've been following each other on social media for years. So anybody I've been following for more than 10 years on social media, we friends. Yeah, you friends. Yeah, yeah. So he messaged me. He said, man, your project is super dope, man. You've been, he always messed with me. It took you too fucking long. He was, excuse my, my cousin. <laughs> no, you good. It took we, you this too is, long. This is internet. We good. It, look, it took you too long. Don't be taking that long. What is the next? Uh, I said, calm down. He said, but let me tell you something. You can't sing about karma coded love because you're not karma. <laughs> hey, look, 
we are me and you are the same complexion, Chris. We just in a, this weird space, man. We ain't light skin, we ain't dark skin. Not, but you know what though? That and I thought about when I wrote Carmel Coded Love. I originally it was I, I was writing about the wordplay was around chocolate and not mm -hmm. caramel. And I said, Chris, you can't write about chocolate. Covered nothing because you ain't chocolate. not chocolate, baby. <laughs> You're not chocolate. Shout out to all my beautiful chocolate, mocha skin, silky carrot. Listen, shout out to all of you gorgeous goddesses. But I know I'm just not, I know I'm not chocolate. So yeah. I, I swear, and, and you didn't said, want to disrespect hey. them. And you talking about chocolate love and you show up on the video shoot. <laughs> I thought about that. I said. You can't. You, I said, because just your look, something will go viral, and they'll be like, you'll be on the shade room or one of these uh, places. They're talking about, this girl has got a song called Chocolate Covered Love and Chocolate Is he think chocolate in this video to y'all? chocolate. <laughs> no, seriously, though. I, it's, it's funny the things that you consider and that you think about when you write, and I'm like, I can't write that. Well, no, 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 but that's being conscious of who you are yeah. and what your, your audience as well. So that's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And I mean, we think the chocolate, some of us think of it in a sense of not skin color, but blackness. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. some people do literally think of it like, no, chocolate is the skin tone. You're not chocolate. So, I mean, and I mean, like I said, shout out to my chocolate, caramel, uh, light skin, brown I mean, skin. some people need to write a little bit better. I was, yeah. I was listening to Bobby Womack the other day Bobby Womack's song you already know what song I'm gonna talk about I don't say it he, he really shouldn't trust me so much <laughs> I'm, I'm like I knew the song but like I'm like sitting no, I'm like but shout out to him because listen hey that dude kept it real I'm thinking about going as him for Halloween like, if you look music at the music video, the part where he go lay down on the, his cover for his album, where he laying on, like, this top of his belt, I think I was going to dress like him and come up for Halloween. Please and do it. No, number one, please do it. Number two, <laughs> shout out to him because, and, and writers like him because I love brutal he's honesty. He's real. He's Listen, a low-down fool, but he's real. Low-down fool, but he's writing for the low-down fools. Because think about, rep, music is about representation also. Mm -hmm. Like, music, you want to be able to find yourself in the song you're listening to. And that's what makes songs work and makes songs not work. Because you want to find yourself there or you want to find a part of you that wants to be there. So it's either about the reality of it for you or the fantasy for you. So when you think about songs like that, he wrote songs for people that were in situations that were not, they were shunned upon. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, seriously. So, I mean, just like Barbara, this is Shirley. I mean, come on. You yeah, know? yeah, this is Shirley. Like, yeah. it's not, we don't want to talk about being the side chick, but, you know, I mean, it's just really, music is reality or fantasy. And it's like, yeah. when you can tap into both of those things and, and really the message resonates with people. I don't know why. I just love this song. I've been listening to it back to back, but I don't, I don't relate to it. But it's amazingly but you, dope. <laughs> you and you don't always every song you're not gonna relate to, but you yeah. like the you like the honesty of it. And again, think about all the stuff that's the songs we hear where you you can't find the honesty. It's all about 
you got songs that are pure unrealistic fantasy or it's all you know you gotta find a balance yeah good music has a balance for you and i respect artists that are brutally honest and i think that's important in music is to just be honest be yourself and i i say that a lot now like this journey because i've been recording for this ep for about 11 going on 11 months Mm. and i recorded like 13 songs and um of course you know had to start and stop for lord knows a few different reasons but finally got it done and i'm thinking about the journey of just going to the studio photo shoots and just you know even capturing my journey along the way you know and it's just like the most the best part about it is my vulnerability and and being able to be okay with being myself and not trying to fit something that is not me or something that would be pleasing to someone else allowing people to love me and fall in love with me for me fall in love with my music for just what it is and if for those that it's not for it's not for them but those that that is for and that it resonates with they're gonna love it and that's who everybody should look at it that way let me cater to who my audience really is and that's going to be those that relate and love me and i think the reason it even got received so well is just because I had a couple people say like, it's just real and it's just a smooth, real vibe. Like you just, you seem like you just being yourself, you know? So, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm happy. Um, I'm glad to be on this side of it. Cause that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that side of before it comes out to this side where it's out, and I can see that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's being received well. It just, it's a good feeling. Um, and it's, the nervousness is gone. Now it's time to perform. It's time to, you know, get to the other things. Like you said, release the videos. Cause we're actually going to cap do uh, three videos to a video to three of the songs. Um, and then, you know, on to, um, you know, Black Love Volume 3. So I'm excited. <clears throat> Let my Bobby Woman character come on out, you know, you know. We gonna flash you and your and your Bobby Womack at the laying beginning. on that grilling, man, man. And, and then he recreates. Go, everybody, go watch the music video. He recreates his album cover at the end of the song to let you know this is what I really mean. This, this is what I mean. I mean it, and I and I ain't playing with you. But ain't it you funny how me too much. <laughs> every male singer between the early 70s and the mid 80s to late 80s all did that one laying down pose yep 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 that was a classic pose <laughs> like i mean michael actually Jackson. early 90s you got ralph tresvan on the front of his cover doing it too then in the 90s everybody was wearing these silk like pink like oh my god oh we, yeah the silk pajamas you know on the cover I was, I'm sorry. I was telling John, I said, man, I, I feel sorry for your generation because we got to experience music at its absolute best. And you got to sit with music. We got to sit with music. We got to, and then the mystery, we, it wasn't all about their personal lives and what they was going doing at home. We didn't you know find out. We see stuff now. I'd be like, dang, such and such was talking to such and such. And you hear me? Or we didn't even know they was going through the shit they was going through. I said, I told him, I said, nobody's going to have a biopic in about another five years. There will be no more biopics. 
Because we know why? everything about you. Because we already know. We don't need a biopic. Yeah. Because we already saw it all. Think about the artists now and, and think about why the same biopics are coming out over and over and over again, the same artists. Because the new artists, we didn't seen your whole life already. We didn't know yeah. stuff that was going on with Michael and Tupac and Janet and, and, and Whitney Houston. And we we need a we needed a biopic to show us what was happening. These artists now, like I'm man. trying to spearhead the Bobby Womack uh, doc, uh show. Listen. That needs to happen. I want a Bobby Womack biopic now. Like, yeah, I do. And it should start from when he goes to Sam Cooke's wedding with his uh his uh with his mink jacket on. on. Yeah, with his no his mink jacket on. Uh and, and, oh, yeah. and his lady. That's where it should start and be like, how you think I got here? <laughs> when I heard that story, I Oh no, no, no. Like, I read about that in in uh the uh, Sam Cooke uh biography book. Like man. back, like this, like right after college. I remember I was telling people, I was like, yo. Bobby Womack is a crazy dude. And then he dated his daughter. I mean, uh, Sam Cooke's daughter. He's a gangster. He's a true thug. Okay. True He's a true thug. He's the definition of I don't give a fuck. Yes, exactly. Yes. Look up Bobby. I don't give a fuck and Bobby Womack. And his picture's right next to jacket, him. Laying down is right next to him. All right, this is the hardest part and last part of the interview. It's called this or that. You only got two. You got two choices. You got to choose one of. Okay. All right. Martin or Fresh Prince? Martin. Okay. All right. Next up, Sade or Anita Baker? Sade. All right. Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey? Whitney. Okay. 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 Janet Jackson or Reby Jackson? Come on now. Reby, not like the centipede. Janet. Oh. <laughs> Janet all day long. Yeah, Janet all day long. Janet all day long. All right. Next up, if you would you rather be in a coma for ten years or go to jail for five? Go to jail for five. Wow, a lot of y'all cats want to go to jail, man. Everybody answer this. I'm getting going Listen, to coma. Oh, look. I don't got time to be laying down somewhere asleep for 10 years. Just put me in jail for five. I'm good. Y'all must not know what happens in jail. Y'all must not have seen Booty Booty Warrior Johnson. Listen, I'll thug it out. Now the thing about it is I'm a woman, so I'm it ain't gonna be as bad as a, for as it is for a man. I'm and a tall salad man, I'm not trying Look, to be I'm neither a, one of them. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put the Cleo braids in <laughs> and I'm be like. Set it off. I suggest y'all. Yeah, like, okay. If it's going down, it's going down up here. It's going down. What's good? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Leo braids on. All right. This is a this is a the triple threat. Boys in the hood, menace to society, or new oh. jack city. Oh my God. Really? Boys in the hood, new jack city, or menace to society. society. Jesus. Boys in the hood. All right. I have my reason. Okay. Okay. Boys in the hood. Tupac or Biggie? That's easy. Tupac. All right. Jay-Z or Nas? Jay-Z. Okay. All right. If you had, if would you rather perform for a hundred thousand people naked or perform for 
10 people all throwing stuff at you. What? Like, you know, like uh-huh. banana pills and like they just throwing stuff like this nigga whack, you know. A hundred thousand people. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you at the Apollo and you got to let everybody just keep throwing stuff at you. A hundred thousand people naked all day. I'm good, on, I'm good on 10 people throwing stuff at me. I'm cool. I'm I'm, I'm straight. I'm straight. Because if y'all throwing something at me, y'all don't like me. I'm good. <laughs> y'all don't like me. <laughs> all right. Emos or London and Sons? Ooh, emos. Okay, okay. Emos. All right, North Side or West Side? <laughs> St. Louis. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> I don't know if one is better than the other. <laughs> what? Watch out I'm now. There's say, a lot of North Side and West Side people. I'm going to say North Side because my son's father. Shout out to Farland. <laughs> and I at least know my way around the I at least know the people over there, the, at least the ones that still living over there. I at least can can tell you about that area. West side, I'm I'm cool. Shout out to 4400 of Farland. Shout out to 4400 of Farland. <laughs> yes. 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 All right, Chris, thank you for coming on my check. I appreciate thank this so so you. much. Thank you for Once again, me. where can everybody get the music? It's going to be in the show notes, but once again, for people that may just be listening and riding, where can, they, where can they catch it out? Check it out. Yes, check it out. Check it out. Much love. All right. Thank no, no. tell everybody where they can me. listen to that. They might be driving. Oh, absolutely. And no, then, and then, again, <laughs> no, no, again, my, my, my bad. Again, absolutely. Um, you can listen to it on Spotify, Amazon. You can listen to it basically anywhere that you can download or stream. The, the EP is available, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you could go to listen to music, download music, please go stream, go download today. You will not be disappointed. I got something for everybody, male, people, whatever you are in this world, whatever you identify as, is something on this EP for you. I did this for I my need soul. you to do a, a duet with Bobby Womack. Or, I don't know how that'll work. Yes. Uh, you know, you know who like you need to do five. one with or do it with that'll be funny, but they can sing their ass off. It's Ooh. Fonte from a uh, foreign exchange and little brother. Oh my god, listen, please. Have you heard? I have you heard him. when he does the do uh, um, uh, Percy Miracles? <laughs> hey, when you they did what? that song, I'm cheating, where it's like the R. Kelly, uh, 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 uh right? That Asley dude joint. is so funny. <laughs> That dude, listen, and I, back from back in the day, like, when they first came out, like, it's, yeah. he just has this thing. He's so multifaceted. Oh, I he's love, a talented dude. He's multifaceted. And I love the fact that he collaborates with a lot of artists. <clears throat> I love their collaboration. I love um, just how open they are with the, you know, with their music. I, I really, I, like, when they putting the instrumentals out the way they do like i just think that's dope i think they do that with artists in mind like who just like to vibe over the instrumentals and just really like i man those are one of the that's one of the dopest groups i'm telling you i'm telling you as as an individual art person he's dope i mean his version of return of the mac is might even be better than uh the mark morrison version listen it might be it might be Seriously. As they say, quiet is kept. It might be better. Seriously. 
But I just want to say again, thank you so much. Oh, for no, 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 no. We are great. This was, dude, I appreciate listen, this was a vibe. Like, interviews, this is how interviews supposed to be. This was a straight I told you it's going to be fun. We just kick it. You know, we Absolutely. ain't no pressure. We going to talk, have fun. It ain't nothing getting it all up in your business. And I ain't doing that. We talking about the music and fun stuff. Hey, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I I will, if somebody does want to come on and talk drama, um, I will let them. But I'm just not. I'm not going to direct you to that path. Right, you're not going to lead in the way you want. No, them I'm going to put my hands up and be like, oh. <laughs> but you I know. can't wait. Us um, definitely want to come back with the with the guys. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were supposed to get. You, we got to get y'all on. Uh, I only listen to '90s music. You and uh, uh, you and Joe on there and talk uh, music. Yeah, let's do that. Let me know. We we down. I'll talk to him and see what what days would be best for him. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate it, Kristen. Now, I appreciate you. Look forward to it. I'll talk to you soon.